Good morning, Church. Selamat pagi. So good to see all of you. I'm sure that today's service, right, as we're attending it, it will be more than many fluors. All right? And I'm sure we all are so ebullient this morning to receive the Word of God. Amen? So let's look to God in prayer. Father, you are good. Your love endures forever. And Father, even as we come before you as your sons and daughters to receive your word this morning, we ask for your Holy Spirit to minister to us, to illuminate your word to us, that you will touch us and meet us at the very point of our specific needs this morning. And also, God, that you will reveal your majesty and your glory to us. And even in the preaching of your word, between my mouth and the ears of my brothers and sisters. God, you will tweak it, Father, so that it will become rhema, that rhema will become, will become life and wholeness to them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, uh, I was just talking to Pastor Ferks this morning. It's like sometimes when you're preparing a sermon, you know, I've been reading the book of Joshua quite a bit, off and on, off and on. It's one of those, one of my, my favorite books. Because I think when we was growing up as a kid, I found the book of Joshua to be a very interesting book. It's got, you know, like, it's not just PG-13 or what you call it that, that you know, in, in terms of reading. It's a super violent book, right? When you read it, you see massive violence and bloodshed until a friend of mine who was, who's, uh, who's a believer today, but back in the day, he, he, he used to tell me, you know, guys, you know what? The Bible is such a bloody book and the book of Joshua seems to be super bloody, you know? It's got lots of killing and, 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 and stuff like that, conquest and killing. But actually, when you look at that whole book, you see God's hand on the children of Israel. You see him staying true to his promises, fulfilling his word. You see the faithfulness of God. And in that bloody book, you see the love of God and you see the goodness of God. So today, uh, I was telling Pastor Fergus that, you know, as I was going through it, it was like, you know, cooking something. And then it's like, you know how this, this guy uh, came up with the oyster sauce, right? It was by accident. He was cooking something and there's a lot of water in that pot, right? And then he does, he cooks it so much. And then he walks out, walks away and he comes back and he sees that that water has come down. It simmered all the way to become a very thick sauce. And before he threw it away, he just put a, his finger onto it and licked it and said, wow, this is so good, you know? So, but I'm, it, this is not accidental on my part. I just went through it and probably I thought I overcooked it. But when I looked at it early this morning, I felt that, wow, God, you are speaking to us. And even as that word spoke to me, I believe God's word will speak to you. Amen. So let's jump in and look at the book of Joshua. I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 9. The first frame would be 1 to 5. So even as I'm reading, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So uh, read it with me, even in your homes. I know you're, you, you're muted, but read it as loud as you can so that the word of God will just, you know, be spread out there. Like, you know, God's word is life. It's health to our flesh and strength to our bones. Let's read it together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, Moses, my servant is dead. Now arise, take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given you as to you. 
promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Do not be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Now let's jump in to the next slide. See, when you look at the life of uh, Joshua, he was Moses' assistant or Moses' minister, according to this, this version. He was serving Moses, probably carrying his bags, you know, uh, washing his feet, I mean, carrying water for him to wash his feet, you know, serving him, you know, uh, something like his PA of sorts, right? And if you look at the scriptures, from the time Joshua appears on this scene till this moment in Joshua chapter 1, God is always speaking to Moses and he was speaking through Moses. Right? But when you look at this particular verse, God comes to Joshua and he speaks to him. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, so now arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all these people into the land which I am giving them, the Israelites. See, God had promised Abraham, and now so many years, 400 over years later, after the Israelites came out of Egypt and then they got lost in the wilderness, right? Because of their disobedience, they were going in circles. Because not because Moses did not ask directions. You know, the, you know, there's this joke that Moses did not ask directions and that's why they're going in circles in the wilderness. The fact of the matter is, it's because of disobedience. We all know that, right? And now, Moses was dead. God comes to Joshua. God speaks to him. God initiates. God is the giver of all good things. All right. And if there is a good thing in the life of a believer, it is because God had initiated it. And the thing about God is when he promises, he delivers. When he says something, he brings it to pass. Jeremiah 1 and verse 12. We know this very familiar verse, which says in the New King James Version, God watches over his word to perform it. That means God, when he releases his word, he sees to it that the word he has spoken comes to pass. Now, when you look at these two verses, verse one and verse two, you see two things. The first one is Moses had died. Moses was someone that was unparalleled at a human level up to this time in the history of Israel, right? To the point where God had to bury, you know, when Moses died, God told Moses, hey, come up, 
to this mountain and then he dies, right? And, and, and then God arranges his burial. You know why? Because the Israelites, the children of Israel, reverenced Moses so much that according to some uh, Bible scholars, they were concerns that these guys would have turned Moses, you know, the place of Moses' burial into a shrine. So they had this level of respect and reverence for Moses. Now, Joshua, God had not spoken to him up to this point, right? But if you look at, if you read scripture, there's one portion that says Moses went up to speak to God. And then Moses had gone down after speaking to God. But, you know, the presence of God was still in that tent where Joshua, sorry, Moses met with God. But Joshua remained in that tent in the presence of God. He had a passion for the presence of God. Now, Moses had died. Sometimes we look back and we look at, for example, now we are in 2022. What happened in 2021 before today, before this year? It has passed. It has moved on. And now we are in a new year, right? A fresh, clean slate, a fresh, clean start. So as you're moving forward from this point, what has died in the past, whether it was good, bad or ugly, does not matter. What matters now is that we move forward. So God tells Joshua, arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all these people into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. See, God was the one who initiated, he promised, and now God is the one who's giving this land to the Israelites. God had kind of like promised it to Moses, right? So he has deeded this land to Israel, to the children of Israel. And now God is telling them, arise, take his place, go over. Now, do it now. And sometimes when God comes and speaks to us, he demands obedience. Not obedience tomorrow, or a few months from now, or a few weeks from now. It is immediate obedience, not delayed obedience. Sometimes delayed obedience is disobedience. You know, there's one time one time my wife was telling me that she had this uh, impression from god to go and get something done with regards to her work and she went and checked it immediately and she got it done and you know after that just as she had finished it it was something extraordinary but she went and got that piece of work done and she said just a few minutes after she had completed it her boss asked her to look into that particular thing you know so many times I had so many experiences. I had one when I was a kid uh, where I was at the back of this tree and it was raining and I heard the voice of my dad. My dad was nowhere actually in that place at the time. He was at work, but I heard the voice of my dad telling me, move over to the other side. It was raining and there's this large tree and I was kind of like taking shelter on the other side of the tree where there was no rain. But the voice that I heard asked me to go to the other side where it was raining. But I don't know why I just obeyed and I just went to the other side. And as I was moving towards the other side, the tree collapsed where I was taking shelter. You know, the thing is, if I had not listened, I would probably be having breakfast with Jesus in heaven this morning. But you see, sometimes, in fact, where God is concerned, I believe all the time, immediate obedience is what matters. So now God speaks to Joshua and says, arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and this people, into the land which I am giving to them. The thing is, Joshua's obedience to God 
determined whether the children of Israel will possess the land that God had allotted to them, right? And then God says this in verse 3, Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you as I promised Moses. The thing is, they were not supposed to sit in that place or stand still. They were supposed to move and take ground. When God calls us, he anoints, appoints, and empowers us to move into the new territory that he's calling us. We are here in Sungai Bulo. If we had sat in the mother church and just kept praying and praying and praying and not moved, I think probably Pastor Fergus will be having today's meeting in the canteen at the fourth floor or some upper room <laughs> somewhere there. But because he stepped out in obedience, here we are. Likewise, in the things that God has called us to do, in the things that God calls us this year. Step out in faith. Step out on the basis of the word of the one who has commanded. And then we will see victory. We will see ground taken for his glory. God, God initiates, right? He is the one who brings things into pass. He's the one who plans and determines things. He promises and he delivers. Let's move on to the next slide. God determines, he plans and he purposes. Now, what you see in verse 4 is this. From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea, on the west shall be your territory. See, who is assigning the territory? Who is assigning the boundaries? Who is assigning the borders? It is God himself. When it comes to our lives, sometimes we lock ourselves up with our words or others try to put a lid on us to limit what we are called to be, what we are called to achieve. Where Israel was concerned, God was the one who assigned their territory. God was the one who assigned their borders. Wherever we are, wherever we are today in life, whether it be your personal life, your family, your church, your community, let God assign your territory. Let God assign your boundaries. Because when God assigns your boundaries, He does so on the basis of His unlimited capacity. He does so on the basis of His infinite greatness not on the basis of our small thinking or our limitations. Amen. When I saw this verse, kind of like I, I looked at it and I said, God, wow, this is you assigning this, the boundary for the children of Israel. It is you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And you are the one who assigns the boundaries of our lives to us. And when you do that, it is unlimited. It is indeed exceedingly abundantly Above all that we can ask or think, as Ephesians 3 verse 20 says. You know, when you look at Psalm 16, there's a verse that says, My lot has fallen in pleasant places. It is God who assigns. When God assigns your lot, it is always in pleasant places. Amen. Even when there are challenges, like Psalm 65 verse 11 says, He will crown your years with His goodness. Even in the hard places, you will see His abundance. That is the God we serve. And then in verse 5, you see this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. God is speaking to Joshua and he says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not fail you or forsake you. When God calls you to do something, he empowers you. He anoints you and he backs you up. God does not ask you to go on a journey and expect you to fend for it. When God sends you on a journey, he pays for it. But if you go on your own journey, right? you have to take care of your own self, your own needs. The thing is when God calls, he anoints, he empowers, he provides. And God speaks to Joshua and he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Joshua had walked with Moses from the time he, he was probably 20 years old. That means he had, you know, 20 to 80. He came into this position as the leader of Israel, as the overseer of sorts of, of, of the children of Israel at the age of 80. So if you're not yet 80 years old, you've not moved into the Joshua generation. <laughs> I mean, okay. That was just a joke, right? This is it. Joshua had seen God lead the children of Israel. Joshua had seen God's faithfulness. He had seen the miracles of God. And he had seen God's person. He knew God. He did not just hear about God. He saw God's acts, no doubt. But he knew God's ways because he spent time in the presence of God. And now he's hearing the voice of God. And God is saying, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The thing is this. God asked him to move and step into that territory. God told him, this is the land I've allotted to you. And he commanded Joshua to step into that place of authority. See, the thing is this. When God calls us and asks us to step out into a certain place, we would do well to obey. Because when you step into that place of authority, when God asks you to go into a certain area, to step up to a certain level in your life, what God does is this. That means he has created, there is a vacuum. God has made room for you and he wants you to move into that place. He has displaced something else. And now God has prepared that place for you to go in. See, the thing is when God prepares this place for you and I to go in, it is what he has allotted to us and what he has ordained for us. We have to step into that place. If you do not step into that vacuum that God has called you to step into, something else will come in. For example, uh, so in 2012, we did a bit of renovation in, in, in front of my house. And, and you know, uh, one of my neighbors who is from another faith, he was helping us to kind of like oversee the renovations and so one morning i was just standing there with him and looking at that space and there were these people you know who were walking around our our thumb that, that that my my taman so this this bunch of people walk around very often and they'll be like pointing their hands up and down doing things uh, you know speaking to each other and and so forth and just moving about always at this specific time so this man my neighbor he looked at me and he said he said ramesh you know what you know what these guys are doing? I said, I don't. Tell me. He said, they are praying over this place. And they are speaking over this atmosphere. The portion where we live, the front of our homes, is our territory. If we do not capture this atmosphere, 
somebody else will capture it and speak into the atmosphere. That's so interesting, right? A man of another faith had to kind of remind me. See, they know spiritual dynamics, right? And so we would do well to learn it. When God calls us to step into that place of authority, we have to step in. If you're called to do, you know, a prayer altar that you do, sometimes if you're praying by yourself, if it's a personal altar, if it is a corporate altar, that's why, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Fergus and, and us, the church, the leadership of the church, we are very particular about our prayer altars. All right. We ensure that we have prayer altars as much as possible every week, no matter what's happening out there. Because that prayer altar occupies a space, a spiritual space. When you join us in a prayer altar, you are occupying a spiritual space. Although you may be home, but that spiritual space draws the presence of God and releases the presence of God into the atmosphere where you are. If we do not step into our allotted territory, something else will. The thing is this, when you step into the territory that God has assigned, God comes into the scene, God comes into the picture, and God displaces the opposition. I'm not saying there will be no opposition, but God will come into the scene and displace the opposition. Is anyone greater than our God? Is anything bigger than Him? Absolutely not. Amen? And so, as we step forward into that place that God has allotted for us, we are stepping into our place of authority. And you will see God move. Because obedience brings the presence of God. Obedience is what God has commanded, as we'll see in the next verse. So let's move on to the next slide. Thanks, Bali. God decrees, He guides, He provides. When God speaks it, when God decrees something, it is a command. He guides, He provides. Verse 6 says, Be strong confident and of good courage be strong confident and of good courage for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which i swore to their fathers to give them this is something we looked at dominate altar yesterday morning you know god is commanding joshua be strong confident and of good courage for you shall cause these people to inherit the land our obedience to god our being confident being strong and of good courage causes the people who are attached to us, God attaches people together to walk into a corporate destiny. When you and I walk in obedience, we cause those that, that are aligned to us to walk into their destinies as well. We grow together in the Lord. That's why God is, you know, he's a father, he's a family man. He wants his family to move forward together in unity. If Joshua had just went to sleep, the children of Israel would not have walked into that destiny that God had ordained. Of course, some years, maybe many years later, someone else would have risen in the place of Joshua. Because if you look at what happened to the children of Israel, they should have gone into the promised land probably in about two, less than two years after they came out of Egypt. But it took them 38 years because of disobedience, right? And because they refused to step into the land of Canaan, and because they saw themselves as grasshoppers and they saw the people of Canaan, the inhabitants of Canaan, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, you know, all these guys, right? They saw them as bigger and stronger than them. The issue with them at that time was they were looking at their own limitations. 
instead of the strength of their God. Today, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, the thing that God has called us, let not those things die and become dry bones. If they have become dry bones, we're going to pray this morning that they will rise up, that those dry bones will come alive. The dreams, the vision that God has put in your spirit, put in your life today. So that we'll move forward in obedience and inherit what God has caused us to inherit. And as we do that, remember, we are also causing those who are aligned to us to move into that same place. The place of God's presence, the place of God's pleasure, the place of his providence. And then in verse 7, he reminds Joshua, only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Obedience was something God commanded. God commands obedience. Remember that, right? It is not a suggestion, but a command. God commands us to walk in obedience. Obedience opens up the gates of heaven over our lives. It opens up the windows of heaven over our lives. You want to see open heaven? Walk in obedience to the word of God. Amen. Be courageous to do according to the law. To walk in obedience, you need to be courageous. Gutless, fearful people cannot and are not obedient people. It takes the bold, the strong, the courageous to walk in obedience to the Lord. Because when you're walking in obedience to the Lord, you're walking contrary to the world system. When you're walking in obedience to the Lord, you are telling him, God, not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes we think of it as a very hard and difficult prayer. Actually, that should be the easiest prayer because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Israel went and took the land of Canaan, right? They went straight into the center of the land where Jericho was, and then they parceled the land and went up and down to take the entire land. The thing sometimes we have to look into is ourselves. We are like the land of Canaan. We have to allow the Spirit of God to come in straight. You know, we have allowed the Spirit of God to come into our hearts. But how much of ourselves is completely given to the Lord? How much of ourselves is still subservient to our will and not God's? This is something for us to think about and to surrender to the Lord. Amen. God reminds Joshua to be strong and courageous that he may do according to all the law. That is the word that God commanded. And God reminds Joshua, don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right that you may prosper wherever you go. Obedience is commanded. And when God decrees something, he brings it to pass. Next slide. Thank you, Pali. God tells Joshua not to turn aside to the left or right from his word. We all know what God's word is. John 1, verse 1, 2, 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The thing is this. The word is God himself. Going back to the book of Joshua, let that word of God be our compass and our anchor. 
Verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. See what the word, the word says. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What does the verse mean? Depart, this, this phrase, shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. These days we listen to uh, audio Bibles. Praise God. It is still filling the atmosphere with the word of God. It gets into our spirits. But listening is good. But speaking the word of God is even better. Reading the word of God. Memorizing the word of God. You shall meditate. Meditate comes from the word mutter. Uh, it's like the word in Hebrew is haga. H-A-G-A-H. It is like chewing it, chewing it, chewing it, chewing it, chewing it, chewing it throughout the day and taking it in little by little by little, taking the juices in little by little. All right? God's word, you know, God is infinite. God is, in a sense, his word itself. And therefore, God can, the, God's word cannot be exhausted. God's word is immutable. That means you can't fold it up and throw it away. You can't erase it. You can't supersede it, right? You can't hide it away. And God's word is also health to our flesh and strength to our bones. It brings life. It brings wholeness. It releases the ability of God. It releases the power of God. It releases the presence of God. That is his word. And so God reminds Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That means when I walk, when I talk, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing today, you could be stuck in a traffic jam, you could be doing some work, you know, you could be manning the, 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 the what do you call it, uh, the slides, you could be, whatever you could be doing, let that word stay in you. Let that word just remain in you. And let that word Remain in you, for you, and through you. And come out through you. Amen. It is with the word of God that we move forward. That you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Read the word of God. Meditate the word of God. Internalize the word of God. And observe, that is, evaluate the word of God assimilate the word of God and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Here, this whole phrase about making our way prosperous is having the wisdom for living, having perfect knowledge in every situation. When you have that knowledge, then you'll conduct yourself wisely and then you will see success. This is what the verse means. And then God reminds him in verse 9. See, the word of God in verse 8, you see that his word is both a compass and an anchor. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. You cannot be strong and lambap, right? You cannot be strong and really like a sotong, right? But you can be strong, you can be vigorous. That means Isaiah 40, 31, right? They that wait upon the Lord, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Right? So be strong, be vigorous, and very courageous. Very courageous. 
This courage is not foolish bravado. It is founded on the person who has released this word over our lives. It is founded on the person who holds every fiber of our being, every atom together by the word of his power, the God of the universe, right? And God reminds him, be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I looked at it, this particular verse, right? God kind of like reminded me early this morning. When God promises something, he delivers, right? That means wherever you and I go, we have God's ever abiding presence. He will not leave us nor forsake us. That is the God we serve. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The psalmist David wrote, For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The word of God, the spirit of God, the hand of God, comforts, strengthens and protects us. God is good. Even as we sang, you know, the, 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 the song this morning, the last the song of worship, God is so good. He is just so, so good. When I saw, you know, when I, when I went through the book of Joshua in the last week or so, particularly in the last week or so, I could just see God's goodness. God is good, all right? And so this morning, we are going to pray. We're going to ask God to just come into the atmosphere of our lives. And we're going to lay things that we have picked up that do not pertain to life and wholeness, the things that God has not planted in the field of our lives today, we're going to ask that they be removed completely. And we're going to ask God to fill us with his presence, his power, and his wholeness this morning. All right? That we will walk wisely, we'll walk wisely, we'll walk in obedience. And we'll step into that place of authority that God has designed for us, that God has prepared for us. Amen. Let this year, let 2022 be a year unlike any other before this. One of the things, you know, we were, we were uh, at this um, MUFW, you know, Malaysian United uh, firewall uh, gathering and, and, you know, we got some teams in the training, right? Uh, the watchman's training and we've got some teams and I was I'm with one particular team. And, you know, as they were going through this thing, one of the questions that was put forth was, what sort of a mindset change do you think the watchmen, the, the intercessors need in this time and season? And, and so I, I just shared this with them. And I, and I want to share this with you. It is not just the watchmen and the intercessors because, because in a way, we are all watchmen. We are all intercessors, all right? And you talk about Joshua. We are all called to be in a place of leadership. We lead our families. We are leaders in our communities. We lead our brothers and sisters. We grow and we learn from one another. Remember this, that no one of us has got it all together, but all of us together have got it all, right? In that sense, we are all leaders in one sense or another. So at the MUFW altar, this is what I said. The mindset change that we need is simply to take God at his word, to believe that God is able to do what he says he is able to do. 
to believe that you will experience His goodness, you will experience His power. And not to make excuses for our failings. Where we need to repent, we repent. Where we need to change, we change. This is the time we do that. Amen. This is the time for us to do that. So let us pray. I just want you to, if you can stand, you can stand. Don't worry. I'm not so, uh, don't worry about your position in that, uh, you know, where your camera is going to be, right? Just lift up your hands to the Lord this morning and close your eyes. So I'm going to pray for you, right? Let's do that. Father, you are a good God. You are an awesome and glorious God. I ask for you, God, to just come into the atmosphere of our lives this morning and minister to us to remove the things that are not yours, to remove the things that you have not planted in the field of our lives this morning, to remind us again by your spirit what you have spoken in your word, to help us as your sons and daughters, as individuals, as families, as a church, to walk into the destiny that you have ordained for us, that the enemy will have no legal ground in our lives. And Father, this morning, as we worship you, come minister to us by your spirit. Come minister to us by your, through your word. And this year will be that year, the year of your promise, the year where we see the fulfillment of every word that you've spoken to us, that we'll step into that place of authority to see your goodness manifested in our life. Hallelujah, God. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your grace and your favor over your church this morning. Father, we just bless you and worship you because of who you are to us. We just want to give you praise. We want to give you thanks for today because of your goodness, because of who you are to us, Father. Thank you for filling our lives with your presence. Establish your word over us. Establish your good pleasure over each one of us. That as we go through, Lord, this new week, we want to thank you for the lives you have given us. We want to thank you for our families. We want to thank you for our church. We want to thank you for everything that we have because of you, the giver of all good things. God, help us throughout this week to walk into the territory that you have allotted for us, to move into that place of your promise. To walk with a passionate love for you. To see your spirit lead us and guide us. And just permeate and saturate our lives. So that we can carry your presence as conduits, connectors and couriers. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus name. Amen.